0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org
3: to learn more. This is MPB
4: News.
5: Good morning, it's 8.30 on Wednesday, April 8th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the governor expresses concern during the shelter-in-place period, and the state epidemiologist says African Americans are disproportionately affected by the coronavirus.
6: Plus... I think I took some bad some bad hits from it, and, and uh, you don't want this. You don't want any part of this.
5: Part two of our conversation with COVID patient J.J. Plummer. Then, after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, college campuses are mostly empty, but those with nowhere else to go remain. A conversation with an international student in Mississippi. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Governor Tate Reeves is expressing concern over Mississippians' mental health and well-being during this period of social distancing. During a press conference yesterday, Reeves explained the emotional stress distancing can cause in an already vulnerable population and encouraged Mississippians to be good friends and neighbors to those in need.
3: Isolation and loneliness were the plague of our time before we ever heard of COVID-19. Diseases of despair Opioid addiction and suicide were ravaging our country long before we had ever heard of the coronavirus. A study by Brigham Young University said that a lack of social connection is as dangerous to your health as 15 cigarettes a day or alcoholism. We have seen the consequences to prove it. The CDC says we've seen a surge in suicide by working-age Americans up 40 percent we are in unique times but the old threats remain right now there are a lot of mississippians out of work there are a lot of mississippians that are afraid for their health that means real stress and often despair we need to rally around one another in these times if you can reach out to a friend or colleague Someone that you haven't talked to maybe in a day or a week or a month, maybe even longer. It might make their day. It might just make a difference in their lives. In fact, it might make the difference. If you can treat people with kindness, you can help in this fight. If you can look out for your neighbors who may be desperate for food, supplies, or even just a little human warmth, I know that that it will make a difference.
5: The shelter-in-place order remains active until April 20th and is designed to help flatten the curve of coronavirus cases and deaths in Mississippi. The Mississippi Department of Health has not released statistics showing the race of people who have tested positive or died from the new coronavirus. But state epidemiologist Dr. Paul Byers says he thinks African Americans have been disproportionately affected in the state as they have been in some other places.
2: We have seen some racial disparities in the number of cases and some racial disparities in our deaths as well. Right now, we're looking at about 50%, maybe a little bit more, of uh, cases occurring in African Americans. We're also seeing uh, more than 50% of the deaths occurring in African Americans. This is troubling, obviously. We are also seeing that in those deaths, there's a higher rate of underlying um, chronic medical problems. Um, This is not surprising.
5: And as MPB's Alexandra Watts reports, in Mississippi, health disparities and poverty are some of the contributing factors to the high rate.
1: African Americans across the country and in Mississippi are dying at an alarming rate from the coronavirus.
5: Right
2: now, we're looking at about 50%, maybe a little bit more, of uh, cases occurring in African Americans. We're also seeing uh, more than 50 percent of the deaths occurring in African-Americans. This is troubling,
1: obviously. Troubling, but not shocking. State epidemiologist Dr. Paul Byers, speaking at Tuesday's COVID-19 press conference, says the coronavirus is infecting and killing African-Americans at a disproportionate rate.
2: We have seen some racial disparities in the number of cases and some racial disparities in our deaths as well.
1: Across the country, in areas where African Americans make up a fraction of the population, they make up the majority of deaths from the virus. Chronic diseases like diabetes, heart disease, and obesity play a large role in these deaths. In the Mississippi Delta, health disparities are high for African Americans. Generational poverty, food insecurity, and a lack of transportation, problems that stem from hundreds of years of systemic racism, continue to plague the region. Pam Chapman is a community activist who lives in Bolivar County, where 64% of the 30,000 residents are African American. For years, she's focused on issues of poverty and inequality. She says with the urgency of the coronavirus, communities cannot wait to take action. It is a very heartbreaking situation. There are a lot
7: of African Americans here in the Mississippi Delta that are suffering from COVID-19. And a lot of their family members are looking for direction and looking for answers. It's time for the Black community to actually come together for real, for real.
1: As of Tuesday, more than 1,900 Mississippians tested positive for the coronavirus with 59 deaths. 460 of those positive tests and 17 deaths were from people who live in the Mississippi Delta. Epidemiologist Dr. Paul Byers says one way to help lower those numbers is by testing.
2: Well, certainly testing needs to occur, and and we'll have those discussions to make sure that we have testing available. We need to be able to identify those cases. We need to be able to um, get those cases isolated, get their contacts quarantined, and protect those individuals who are at highest risk.
1: Hospital officials say since 2010, six rural hospitals in the state have closed. And according to county health rankings, 14% of Mississippians are uninsured. But for those who are uninsured, the $2 trillion CARES Act recently passed by Congress is expected to pay for coronavirus expenses. During yesterday's press conference, Governor Reeves says lack of finances should not be a barrier for COVID-19 testing and treatment.
3: What I would say to the people of Mississippi is do not allow the financial challenges that were either pre-existing before COVID-19 or that are now a challenge because of the economic disaster that is before us. Do not allow that keep you from going and seeking help.
1: Governor Reeves says Mississippi will reach the peak of COVID-19 cases in the next two weeks. Health officials say the state can expect many more deaths from the contagious virus. And as the death count grows community leaders are wondering how many more African Americans will lose their lives at a disproportionate rate. Alexandra Watts, MPB News.
5: Physicians at the University of Mississippi Medical Center have come up with a creative way to make ventilators that could save the lives of COVID-19 patients. Concerned that a large number of COVID-19 hospitalizations would lead to a shortage of ventilators, UMMC developed a contingency plan. Dr. Richard Summers is Associate Vice Chancellor for Research.
8: Many of you have heard about the national shortage of ventilators, and um, as a contingency plan, we were... Looking at the potential for our state to be independent in what its approach is to providing that kind of support. So, we gathered a team of, of research scientists and physicians to develop an in house ventilator that we could utilize um, in, as a last resort if necessary. Uh, we are, with our congressional delegation, we have reached out to the FDA for emergency use authorization. We've done an extensive laboratory and um, testing within our simulation center. Uh, The tests performed very well, and um, we are going to keep it in reserve for potential use as a contingency.
5: Dr. Charles Robertson, Assistant Professor of Anesthesiology, designed the ventilator that uses parts purchased at a hardware store and can be made in 20 minutes. He explains how it works with MPB's Kobe Vance.
0: Yes, it's an emergency ventilator for use in a crisis situation where nothing else is available. And it's a a very simple system of hoses and a valve that's connected to the oxygen supply in the hospital, provides pressurized air to the lungs of the patient, Oxygen flows in, and then every few seconds an electric valve opens and releases the pressure, allowing the patient to exhale. And that cycles over and over again, ventilating a patient that can't breathe for themselves. And how
5: long can this go on for?
0: Days, potentially.
5: The Department of Health is continuing its aggressive testing strategy this week through additional one-day collection sites. A site will be available at Traceway Park in Clinton today between 9 and 4. Anyone experiencing symptoms related to COVID-19 and feels they should be tested must first go through a free screening from a UMMC clinician through the C Spire Health UMMC triage app. To stay current on the latest developments concerning the coronavirus in Mississippi, visit mpbonline.org coronavirus. Coming up, part two of our conversation with COVID patient J.J. Plummer. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
8: A contractor ever tell you of the price of something, and it sounds so high, you think eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It One Hundred and One podcast everywhere.
5: I'm Karen Brown. J.J. Plummer, Jackson Metro resident and head coach of the Richland Ranger football team, didn't think much of the lunch he shared with his son at the Jackson Airport before the younger Plummer left for military training in early March. It was spring break and the airport was crowded. Days later, he felt the first symptoms of what would turn out to be COVID-19, the disease caused by the novel coronavirus. In part two of his conversation with MPB's Michael Guidry, Plummer discusses his isolation and urges fellow Mississippians to learn from his experience.
6: When all this started, uh, my parents said they were going to quarantine themselves in their house in Winona because, you know, they're in their 80s. You know, they couldn't take the risk. And then, you know, a week later, they're finding out their own son has it. And I think the hardest part for them was was that they they could not come see me in the hospital. And uh, they were really stressing through the whole thing because they knew they couldn't come up there. And you know they'd be risking their own lives, and it was it was it was a living hell for my parents there for a while.
4: Based on your experience with COVID nineteen, um, and and the fear that you've you've expressed um, that 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 it ignited in you uh, about how how fatal this disease can be, what is your response to the measures taken by the state government?
6: Well, you know I uh, I'll be the first to admit. Um, I did get in my vehicle and ride around Jackson and the reservoir area because I, I had to get out. Of course, I didn't get out of my vehicle. I knew not to get around anyone, but I, I had to see some new scenery um, because I was just going crazy here at my house, and, and I saw people out playing basketball. I saw kids out playing together. I saw people walking around each other all through the parks. Um, I saw boats out in the water. All around each other, I saw party boats out there with, with people on party barges and it really disappointed me terribly because this thing this thing is a nightmare um, it is is way worse than the flu and you do not want this um, I, I understand that it affects a lot of people differently. some people don't even know they have it some people don't feel the symptoms and then some people, get just heavy results of it but i'm telling you I, I think i took some bad some bad hits from it and and uh, you don't want this you don't want any part of this and people just need to wake up and listen to our uh, to listen to our leadership i i don't care if you if you're a democrat or republican or independent I, I don't care what you are take the politics out of it um you got to you got to listen to authority of our, and leadership of our country and and our governor Reeves and our mayors uh, and our city officials and certainly you got to certainly you got to trust in the Lord. The
4: story you told it sounds like you've been you first got these symptoms three weeks ago and then talking with you right now you, you talk about how you're struggling through them. I mean, does it feel like you're ever going to 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 get over this, or does it does it does this feel like You're going to have to kind of adapt to life with this.
6: This has been the uh, longest process I've ever been through. And my doctor did tell me, he said, prepare for possibly 21 to 30 days of this. Um, I wake up every morning just hoping to feel like 100% like your old self again, and it's just not there yet. Uh, You know, and to show you how long the symptoms last, how long you can be contagious with this, um, there is no end in sight if people are still out there hanging around. There's no end in sight. I don't see it. And the only way to end this, basically is we've got to we've got to calm down and spread. Anybody that comes up with any kind of symptoms, if you have any doubt in your mind, you need to go ahead and go because for five days, I sat at my house thinking, no, it's not me. There's no way this could be hitting me. And I sat there for days in denial, and then it probably led to the the, uh, pneumonia building up in my body because I waited.
4: You're a coach. You've been a coach for a long time. Schools are closed. You're recovering from this. How have you been able to stay in contact with the the students that you make a living, you know, teaching and mentoring and and developing?
6: Man, uh, Facebook and Messenger and and the Internet and the emails, um, it's been a powerful thing. Uh, I, I bet you I've heard from over half of all my former players, like throughout all my schools I've coached at, they've all reached out. That's meant so much to me. Um, it's been a blessing to hear from them. You know, that's one positive thing about social media right now is, uh, I, I you know, people have a way to reach out to me. And man, i I can't begin to tell you the number of emails and texts and messages and Facebook and phone calls and I mean it's been it's been crazy. It's been really crazy. Uh, I certainly think through this plague that uh, it's going to bring a lot more people closer together. So I hope and pray that everybody will use this as a message. I hope and pray that my message can get sent out there for people to listen and hopefully use that. And I, and, I, and I hope and pray that uh, that here in a couple of weeks I'll have the antibodies in my blood plasma to donate to anybody that has this and so I can save them with the antibodies of, of a cure for it. And uh, so I, I look forward to being able to do that.
4: Coach J.J. J. Plummer, head coach of Richland High School Football, thank you for sharing your, uh, your story, Coach. Absolutely.
5: Coming up after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, college campuses are mostly empty, but those with nowhere else to go remain. A conversation with an international student in Mississippi. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Live healthy, live blue.
0: I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. Now, NSAIDs in general, that's the big category that includes things like Advil and Motrin. It has been noticed that in some situations in patients who had COVID-19, particularly that are hospitalized, so these are going to be patients with more severe symptoms, Uh, either in the the general hospital wards or in the ICU settings, that they may have worse outcomes on that. For the general population, if they're like, oh, I need to get off my Advil or Motrin uh, so that I'm not hit harder by COVID, if I get it, that's probably okay to continue taking that like you normally would. For more health tips and medical information, listen to Southern Remedy each weekday morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio
5: Philippe Schicker is a student from Hamburg, Germany, who, after a stop at a community college in California, enrolled at Mississippi State University in the fall. When most of his classmates were instructed to remain away following spring break at a distancing precau- as a distancing precaution to slow the spread of the coronavirus, Philippe found himself stuck in Starkville, thousands of miles away from home amidst a global pandemic. He shares his experience with us.
7: I, I guess stuck is is way to say it. I um, can hardly go home because um, if I went home and then the international travel ban still like was in effect for the next semester um, and the next semester resumes normally, then I wouldn't be able to come here. Um, as well as since my whole family is kind of back home in Germany, um, I, I don't really have a home to return to. So uh, the, the best situation for me right now is to stay on campus
5: Are you the only one on campus, or is there a group of you in one area on campus?
7: I know there are um, a number of students on campus. Um, We were able to apply to stay on campus um, if we had reason for not being able to go home. Most of that is international students, but also students who um, don't have a great working environment at home, um, etc., so I know there is or I know there are a number of students around campus, but frankly, we don't see each other a lot because most of the time is either spent like, in the dorm or when the weather permits it outside, but usually not in groups. Um, and then we see each other sometimes um, when, we, when we get like lunch or dinner, um, just see each other in passing, though, because we also want to make sure that we do our part in um, not socializing and not staying in big groups.
5: You are rather isolated, it sounds like. Yeah. It's possible, if not likely, that the university won't open before the spring semester concludes. What happens? Can you stay through the summer? Does your room and board extend that long?
7: My room and board does not um, extend through summer. I am looking into ways to spend my summer, whether that is taking online classes, or um, potentially doing research with professors here. And in that case, I need to potentially find a place to either sublet over the summer or rent something for a couple months.
5: Your plan had never been to return to Germany for the summer?
7: Um, it was under consideration, and it mostly had to do with um, finding an internship that I found worthwhile um, over the summer whether that is an internship in the United States or in Germany, um, regarding something that kind of moves my studies forward. Um, And I had applied to a couple places here in the United States, and some of them, because of the coronavirus, just got canceled or um, I just didn't get the spot. And um, there was definitely always the option to stay at state and take an online class or take a class Um, Now that everything moved online for the summer, it's an online class and um, do research here or potentially do an internship back home in Germany Um, due to the health crisis. um, When I talked to my parents, we figured that um, staying on campus is probably the best idea rather than flying over the summer. Um, Plus, um, since the student health center is open, um, that's a really good resource for me to be around and, and in the case of anything happening be able to take advantage of that. Um, and I know that the university has procedures in place for um, if slash when someone um, does get sick.
5: I forgot to ask you, what is your major?
7: I study engineering. Um, I'm interested in engineer at the intersection of engineering and public policy um, in the field of renewable energy systems and um, climate change and climate justice. I think that's really interesting, and I think that's very exciting as well.
5: We uh, hope you do well. We offer the best wishes in your isolation and hope that everything works out and that you stay healthy. Philippe Schicker, an international student from Germany at Mississippi State University. Thank you so much for being with us, Philippe.
7: Thank you so, so much.
5: And Philippe also says that Mississippi State University is doing a fantastic job of making sure resources are available for all of those who need to stay on campus during this time. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
4: This is MPB News.
5: Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks.